I'm Madison. And I'm Emily. And this is the Food Trash Cast. We're back. We're midway through the first round of the actual playoffs, which is, as always, super exciting. Um, Except the part where some of the hockey really boring. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, has there been any, like, big news, really, this week? The only, the only big news I could think of is that Boston Bruins goalie, Tuka Rask, up and decided, like, literally an hour before the last game the Bruins played, that he had had enough of bubble life and he would rather be with his family, so he up and left. And uh, people in Boston uh, responded completely rationally, as we would all expect. <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing about this is it's... Um, like, I actually do see both sides. I think people just are going really extreme on their uh, feelings towards this. I guess, because, like, on the one hand, like, I totally support anyone's decision to opt out, and um, I've become aware, because I don't really know that much about the personal lives of players, especially if they don't play on the abs. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, the he has, I guess, a newborn at home? Um, yeah, he's got a newborn. So, yeah, like, I get him being like, yeah, I want to be with my wife right now. Like, that that totally makes sense. Be with your newborn child. Like, that's and entirely valid. Yeah, and the coaching staff and everything said that, like, he was really unhappy, and he gave it a go, and he's like, I just, like, didn't good, and he left. So, like, first of all, good on him for recognizing that he was in a situation that was making him really unhappy, and then actually taking steps to fix that because I feel like most hockey players are like mm, can't acknowledge emotion gotta like shove that down and stay in the bubble because I'm a hockey man and that's what we do yeah but I do think that uh, he opened himself up to criticism via the uh, way that he handled his exit which was not super graceful like the day before he gave an interview where he basically like shit talked not having fans and said that it made the games feel like they weren't real games and I was like that's a take um yeah I mean I believe that it feels like that so like I guess good on him for acknowledging it whereas every other player is like oh yeah you know you just gotta keep your head in the game and we're all struggling equally with that so it's uh it's whatever like yeah. But he did not make any friends with that soundbite, for sure. Yeah, it's just, it's not even that I think, like, that any of the individual actions are bad. It's just, like, the timeline of it, if you don't want, if you want to be upset about it, it's really easy to be upset about it. Yeah. Especially it, if it was already looking like Locke was going to get the start anyway. People were like, is he just pissed off that he's not getting the start on this game? And he, yeah. like, is poison going home. And it came out that, like, that wasn't it, but it's easy to see why people thought that was what was happening. I think um, 
I also think the Bruins could have handled it a little bit better, like, if their statement had been more like, Tuka Rask would like to spend time with his family. Yeah. Because they left it really vague when they said he was leaving, and it was like, I think that also... Uh, but yeah, I mean, Boston fans are Boston fans, and they're inevitably going to turn anything into a shitstorm, so... Yeah, there were some astonishingly bad takes. Yeah. Um, but also, like, it's totally valid if you're a Boston fan and you're upset. Like... Yeah. Just, uh... You're allowed to be upset, but he's a grown-ass man who can do what he wants. Yeah, he's, and he's he doesn't a person. really have to care about your feelings, so... Yeah. Um... Just... Just don't be a dick. That's really... <laughs> it's not that hard. It costs zero dollars not to be a terrible person. Yeah. Um, it'll also be interesting to see uh, how this affects the future for Kukarask. Because I don't... Um, he's already kind of, like, aging out of his prime. And uh, yeah. I would not be surprised to see the hockey world hold this against him. Yeah, I don't know what his contract situation is, and I want to say their coach said that he was still planning on bringing Rask back next year, but also I think it'd be pretty shitty optics if he was like, yeah, we fully support Rask going home and being with his family. You know, we want our players to be happy and healthy, but also fuck that dude who's not playing. Next yeah, year. exactly. Like, like have, I, they, can, they can say whatever they want now, but I'm curious to see what actually ends up happening. Yeah, for sure. Um. That's the only news I can think of. It's been pretty quiet coming out of the bubble. Oh, I guess Mike Milbury had a really terrible take where he said that oh, we shouldn't go into a billion overtimes. Yeah, Mike Milbury has been full of bad takes. I feel like every other day he says something stupid. Um, if you can <laughs> have a really bad take about Rask leaving, he's like, oh, he so out and like real hockey men should be oh, down in the trenches with their team. Please stop talking. Um, this is so like I don't. Most people aren't gonna have access to this, but I'm a member of the Puck Soup Patreon, and for their for their mailbag episode, Greg and Ryan did um overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite. Just parts of Mike Milbury's uh, criticizing overtime, saying that should go to a shootout in the playoffs. Tweet like that's oh it. Like God. they just took the one tweet and they did their favorite, least favorite, overrated, underrated parts of the tweet, and it's my one of the funniest things I've listened to in the whole long time. I think my favorite part was that he misidentified the CN Tower as the Space Needle. <laughs> Uh, I think Ryan said that his favorite part, and it's certainly my favorite part, is that he ends the tweet with, what do you think? Like, like Milbury gives a fuck what anyone else thinks. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) so Yeah, Yeah, I forgot that he just misidentified the CN Tower. Yeah. 
another unreal, other, another worldly day looking at the Space Needle. No, I will pull up this tweet. We'll retweet it for all of you who haven't seen it. I got it. It's just so absurd. Like, I can't. I don't think I've seen any, like, in a way, this tweet has been really unifying for the hockey community because I don't think I've seen a single person be like, yeah, I agree with that take. It's just universally been panned. <laughs> like, everyone's like, that's a bad idea and we hate it. Yeah. Why can I not own this fucking account? Does Mike Milbury block you? I mean, that would be incredible. It'd be a badge of honor. It really would. Why can I not? Okay, we're just googling this. Okay, here we go. So it it's this like blurry ass photo <laughs> from like a loading dock behind a hotel. Yes, <laughs> power. And the tweet is: On another worldly night, Space Needle is an appro- inappropriate backdrop. Insane Columbus TV game. God bless both teams for a great effort. Enough, though. I believe we should end these games sooner via three v three or shootout after a time. What do you think? <laughs> I can't. It's so funny. It is so goddamn funny. <laughs> oh my god. I'm saying not over it. I want, kind of want to frame that tweet just because it's so oh, you do. Oh my god. Oh my god. Also, um, Tony X, that uh, St. Louis fan who is now like a low-key celebrity. I love him. Um, his response, his tweet was, Mr. Milbury, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. (laughs) Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. God. I love that account. Oh my god. It is incredible. <laughs> Hockey Twitter's a terrible place, but every once in a while there's just some really solid moments that come out of there. And uh, for that I am grateful. Seriously? I guess that does bring us into um, the playoff opening with the most insane overtime game that's happened in many, many years. I think it ended up being the fourth longest game in NHL history. Yeah, was that this? I don't even remember, like, what day that was. Um... That was a Monday? Time is fake. When did that game... It was definitely this week, because I was at work. Um, It was on Tuesday. Tuesday, okay, yes. Tuesday, 
The Columbus Blue Jackets, Tampa Bay Lightning. I the game started during my lunch break here in California, and then I was able to commute from near Beverly Hills where I work to Long Beach where I live, which is very far away. Um, after my workday ended at five, get home and still watch the end of the game. Like this, so fucking long this game was. <laughs> Puck dropped at 3.09 p.m. Eastern and ended at 9.22 p.m. Halfway through the fifth overtime period. They played two and a half full games of hockey to finish with a fucking 3-2 score. Seth Jones um, now holds the record for most amount of time played in a single game because he literally played a full 60 minutes of hockey. Like, Seth Jones himself. Oh, well. 65 minutes. Let's go on Yeah. Seth Jones had 65 minutes and 6 seconds. Uh, Zach Lorinsky played 61 minutes. And then somebody on the Lightning, I think it was Kucherov, also played 60-something. Let's see. Oh, God. But, like, every single person on here played at least 30 minutes. It was, I mean, it was just absurd to watch. Like, it was, it wasn't, it honestly wasn't even that it was, like, a good game, because it wasn't. It was really slow and kind of boring, to be honest. But it just, every time it went into another overtime, you were like, oh my god. By the fourth overtime, like, none of them could see for shit. It was just like dudes falling all over the ice, like batting helplessly at the fuck. <laughs> it was so bad. And um, it was insane. The, the Flames and the Stars played a full game in the middle of the game, like... Yeah, so the Captain Bruins were supposed to play after that game, and it had to get rescheduled for the next morning. Like, their puck drop was supposed to be at, like, 5. I guess maybe not 5. I think it was supposed to be, like, 6 or 7. And they had to reschedule the game. And then they, of course, went into overtime, and everyone's like, God, are they going to fuck up the schedule again? Yeah, that game ended up starting at, like, 8 a.m. my time, which was lit, because it meant there was just straight hockey the whole fucking day, like, from the start of my workday through the end of me being at home. Like, it was great. I hit the pillow, and hockey had finally ended for the day, and I was like... It's how every day should be. <laughs> I love this. all the time. Such a fan. Now, uh, what are how are that was? I mean, that was by far the most just like absurd game of the whole series. Of yeah. not the whole series, I mean, of the whole playoffs so far. Yeah, that's right. Now. Um, so I guess I'm going to run down of where everyone is right now before we get into that specific. So in the Western Conference, we've got the Stars versus Flames matchup. They're currently playing game four. 
Um, the Flames are leading the series two games to one. And uh, that game is currently tied. So who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, we have the Blues versus Canucks. They've only played two games so far. The Canucks are leading the series with two wins. Uh, oh, which aren't the Blues the first team in history to lose like six or five playoff? Straight games in the postseason. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah, because I mean, you weren't allowed to do that before, but it's still really funny because they're the reigning Stanley Cup champions, and also I hate them. Yeah. And Bennington has been really bad the last two games, <laughs> which brings me to immeasurable play. Fuck him. Um, we'll get into the Avs versus Coyotes later. Uh, so, Vegas and the Blackhawks are playing game four later today. Vegas is currently leading the series. Three nothing. I hope they which sweep. Love to see. I hope they sweep. I fucking hate the Hawks. I do too. I was having a conversation with my friend the other day. He was like, "Yeah, you know, one of the teachers I work with, who's like in his fifties, is a Blackhawks fan." Gross. And I have to remind myself that the Hawks didn't always have Patrick Kane. So, like, <laughs> there was a time where, even though they still have a shitty racist-ass name and logo, they weren't, like, the worst team in the entire league to like. I mean, like, I I mostly hate them for their racist logo. Patrick Kane is just, like, the icing. <laughs> like, the, the cherry on top of the... The su- the awful Sunday that is the Blackhawks. Yeah, and then like I would say there's like some chocolate syrup too, and it's just like the media coverage of the Hawks, which is definitely more of a modern phenomenon. But the fact that they just really want them to be good, even though they repeatedly show that they're not. Yeah. In conclusion. Um, in the Eastern Conference, the Bruins and Hurricanes have played three games. Boston leads that series two to one. Um, the Caps versus Islanders series, in a plot twist I did not see coming, the Islanders lead that series three games to none. So yeah. uh, the Islanders might sweep the Caps, which on one hand, I love watching the Caps lose. But on the other hand, Semyon Varlamov is not allowed to have good things. That's so valid. So, like, if there was a way that both of those teams could be eliminated at once, that'd be super cool. Um, We also have the Flyers versus the Canadians. That is, they've only played two games, and that's currently tied 1-1. Which is hilarious because the Flyers came in and they're... Um, round robin rounds, they just like smoked everyone, and then they lost five nothing to the Habs on Friday, which is hilarious because the Habs are like not good. Um, and then the Lightning versus Blue Jackets series, Tampa Bay is leading that two games to one. 
So uh, congrats to the Lightning on not getting swept by the Blue Jackets two years in a row. Yeah, when they won that first game, because they did ultimately win the overtime game, um, just you could see just like the look of pure joy on every Tampa Bay player to be like, Bob, we're not going to get swept again. Like, at minimum, they at least didn't get swept. And And the number of, like, congratulations on winning two and a half more games than you did last series tweets I saw about that were uh, unreal. But that's not even true, because they tied two of them. They only only won the half. (laughs) That's but yeah I don't know if it's too late to like nominate Corpusalo for the Vezina but the number of saves that man has made in the last few games is uh, pretty unreasonable yeah speaking of unreasonable number of saves Jesus Christ Avalanche and the Coyotes or should I say the Avalanche versus Motherfucking Kemper. Darcy Kemper. Like, that's it. That's the whole game. Like, the first game, um, it was 0-0. The abs were clearly outplaying the Yotes, and Darcy Kemper just was kicking ass. And then Nazem Kadri came in. This is a saint that he is, and scored a goal. And then the floodgates just opened, and we were able to score, like, two more. Um, yeah, so we how much time was left in the game? Hmm? It was insane. Um, it was fast. So that was... Yeah, so it was three goals in like a minute 20. Yeah, because the first one was at 13.05, and then the third one was at 14.28. So yeah, in a minute and 23 seconds, we scored three goals. And won that one three nothing. So uh, congrats to Philip Grubauer for his shutout. But it's important to note shots on goal that game. Arizona had fourteen, and Colorado had forty. Going into the second intermission, Nazem Kadri had more shots than the entire Coyotes roster. And at the end of the game, Eric Johnson and Nazem Kadri combined for more shots than all of the Coyotes. Yeah, it was it was heavily like the game was played in the Yotes zone. Darcy Kemper was being let like hung out to dry and just still doing really well. Like it was unreal. It, yeah, it was a The game two, which was on a Friday the Avs won 3-2, to two, but it was obviously a closer game. Um, it was much more balanced. Like, the mm-hmm. played a lot better. The shots were a lot closer. Like, the Coyotes looked like a playoff team that game. Also, the Avs committed so many penalties. Yeah. So many. Um, Matt, Matt Calvert, that game... Um, decided it was his like sole purpose in life to fight every member of the coyotes and would not rest until he fought them all individually and i love him for it but also like is he gonna fight everyone will he fight taylor hall and phil castle like we shall see i don't know if either of them fight 
I mean, they don't, but, like, will he try? Time will tell. He honestly might. Um, so one thing we didn't mention about game one is the Arizona Coyotes somehow managed to keep Nathan McKinnon from taking a single shot, which was something like the first time in 240-something games mm-hmm. he didn't record a shot on full. Which, of course, meant that he had to score on his first shot of the next game, which you love to see. You really do. I love Nathan McKinnon, and he's the best. Oh, no. Shut up, my phone. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, Tyson also play back into the lineup that game and scored, which we love to see. I was happy for him. Um, yeah, game three was yesterday, and the, it was the most frustrating hockey game I think I've ever watched in my life, because the abs were playing really well, just so many shots on goal, I mean, I think we almost hit 50, um, no, we hit 51, 51 shots shots on on goal, the Coyotes had what, like, not even 20? 23. 23. 23. So more than doubled the number of shots on goal that Arizona had. And they were, like, good shots on goal, too. Like, some of these shots, I was like, how the fuck did that not go in? And the final score was 4-2. to two. Like, the Darcy, Darcy Kemper, Kemper was on fucking fire. Darcy Kemper is a whip. Like, that is Seriously. the only explanation, because it, like, it... Should not have been possible for him to have made all of the saves that he made. Our two goals that went in bounced off of at least three players before they made it into the net both times. Yeah, the first goal was, like, earlier in the game, and then um, the Avs pulled their goalie, and the Coyotes made an empty net goal and put the goalie back in, but then we scored another goal, and so then it was, like, two to three and we were like oh shit like we could actually maybe tie this up and there's still like a little over a minute left in the game we pulled the goalie again and then the coyote scored another empty net goal. Yeah, it was so disappointing and poor Kilmar, who had like 26 minutes of ice time or something obscene like that i'm sure is just like beating himself up somewhere because he was sort of at least indirectly responsible for both of the empty net goals, and I just want to give him a hug and tell him it's okay. It was just, like, the most exhausting game to watch because every time you'd, like, get you'd just get your hopes up because the abs were playing so well, and it was just an instance of, like, sometimes sports aren't fair. Like, that's really yeah. what it boils down to. We just got goalied. We got goalied so hard. Um, but also, I'd just like to take a moment to imagine a world where Darcy Kemper plays for a good team and how fucking unstoppable they would be. Yeah. They're also, I checked, he's making $1.5 million a year. Like, can you imagine paying that little for a goalie that hot? Bonkers. Bonkers. Like that is that is up there with the fact that we're paying Nathan McKinnon like six million dollars. Oh yeah, it's preposterous. Darcy Kemper's elite. Like, 
Ugh, I hate him because we're playing against him, but, like, he's a witch. He should not be that good. No one should be. It's it's absurd. Yeah, so because the Avs are up two to one, we can't sweep, which is unfortunate, um, but it happens. Um, There's at least two more games in the series. Obviously, it could be seven. I highly doubt it will go to seven, but who knows. So we play Monday and Wednesday for sure. Yeah, we'll play Friday if it pushes to game six, and then next Sunday if it pushes to seven. But I feel like this might be a five-game series. I don't know. I'd be surprised if it went to seven. Yeah, I'd be very surprised. I will say, though, I think the Coyotes have only lost one game in their Kachina jerseys, which they're wearing as their home jerseys right now. So, like, that's, I'm chalking their win on Saturday up to that fact because those are magical jerseys. But also, now they're going to have to face angry Nathan McKinnon tomorrow. So, magical jerseys versus angry Nathan McKinnon. Time will tell. I, yeah, I, I honestly don't know which wins. This is some immovable object and unstoppable force math mm-hmm. here. Truly. Yeah. So by next episode, probably the first round will be all but decided. Yeah. But Sunday is pretty much the last possible day that games could be played that's how that math works yeah damn yeah we're we're getting there through the uh, just the whole experience of watching the playoffs in the middle of the fucking summer is such a like surreal experience it's incredible Yeah. Yeah, so Sunday, next Sunday, so the 23rd is the last possible day that a game seven could be played. So we should know, unless something goes crazy, what round two is going to look like by next week. Woohoo! Well, we'll talk to you then. Yeah.